you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks inside the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio together. Is this the first time this year? I believe we've all been I together. Think so. This is big. I think so. I feel yeah. like we should do like Move the Sticks on three or something. No, uh, no, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. But dude, we picked the Team right. Building. We picked the right time. <laughs> we did. Yesterday was crazy. <laughs> so starting on Thursday was crazy. Yeah. Buck, have you? I mean, you no. were at a crazy game. I was at a crazy game, and I watched even, a lot of them. They weren't even. <laughs> there was crazier. There were crazier games. How are you guys doing? I, good. Let me ask you this, though, because you were there, obviously, uh, in that Titans Chargers game. What was the call like? Like, how many different calls did you have on the tip back interception? Like, did money recognize that that was an interception right away? Um, I not not initially. But then as soon as I saw the first replay, it was like a jaw dropper. Like, <laughs> that's that's one of the most instinctive heads up plays I've ever seen in my life. And it was by a rookie in Roger McCreary. What was the play like uh, in, in old school NBA when like they pushed oh, like, Dan Marley's yeah, back yeah, yeah, on yeah, the out of bounds yeah, play? I mean, like, yeah. it, I, I've never seen anything like that. Heads up, NFL. man. Heads up. It, the combination of being heads up and athletic. And that's like the 10th craziest yeah, that, thing. I know. I know. That we it was saw. just nuts. How are you doing? When did you get back, by the way? I'm always curious, Buck, <laughs> on your travel schedule. One o'clock, one o'clock, I got the car, two o'clock. So what time do you wake up? Mm, unfortunately, because I got the old practice habits, five o'clock. So that's five a three hour. This is three hour sleep, Bucky Brooks, you're getting right here. Still, still, I went to sleep, though. I didn't want to go Still a champion. Still a champion. Um, all right, big three. Let's jump into our big three here. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, Colts, Vikings, uh, just the biggest comeback in NFL history. 33 nothing. I'll be honest with you. I had other stuff that I was working 100%. on. And I was like, we're good. We'll cut, check yeah. back in for the next game. Grocery store. And my son came in the other room and was like, Dad, it's, it's, they're going to win. I'm like, what do you mean? What? Is there another game on? Are you watching a bowl game? What are you talking about? Who's going to win? I was watching I was watching basketball. I was watching Carolina take down a Big Ten for Ohio State. Oh, I thought they I'm lost sorry. five in a row. No. No. no we're okay. back. We're back. back. CLN tournament. All right. Let's go. Yeah. What did you take do this? This is, this is 33 to nothing. They come back and win. The Minnesota Vikings improbably come back and win 39 to 36. Buck, bigger. Is this a bigger, like, just implosion on the Colts part, or is this a hat tip to the Minnesota Vikings? I have a hard time, personally, my own feelings on this, lobbing too much praise for beating a credit team, like come, like spotting a credit team a bunch of points and coming back. But 33 points is ridiculous. It's a lot of points. points. I mean, it's a lot of points. And I'm looking at it, and I never can take the coach's head off. I was like, that, there's not enough time for them to come back. Like at some point you're saying there's not enough time. And so what I will do is I'll give Kevin O'Connell credit for getting his guys to kind of battle back. This is kind of part of their yearly theme where they, they just kind of come back and they win these one score games. They've won a ton of them. And so it's kind of clouded our evaluation of the Vikings because we don't know how good they are. But what I do know is their coach appears to have the right stuff. Listen to this. When I tell you guys, I mean it from the bottom of my heart, and that will never change. I will ride with this group until they don't let us play anymore games. So, bring it in tight, and then I want to hear you guys celebrate 
the 2022 NFC North Championship. That's special, man. What do you think? Special. I mean, like he's he's legit. Like they they like I I just want to know in the 12 minutes that they had at halftime. Like if you're Kevin O'Connor, you get with the coaches, you talk to the offense coordinator, defense coordinator. Yeah. All right, guys, how do you come back from 33 points down? Like what? What do you utter if you're on the other team? <laughs> well, because I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. I liken it uh, in this time of the holiday season to one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. In Home, hard? Home Alone. Oh, it is a great Christmas. Home movie. Alone. When you know, obviously, this is before they leave. The morning they're leaving for the big trip, and uh, you know, they forget Kevin up in the attic, and they're rushing out of the house. They've overslept, and uh, Kevin's dad comes out and he's like, oh, you only got an hour to make the flight. We're going to do it. And then the the grumpy uncle's like, all right, well, you be optimistic. I'll be realistic. This ain't happening. Mm. But they, you know, and they figured out a way to get on the plane and that's basically what the Vikings did. A little bit of a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like somebody just watched Home Alone last night and was trying to like... That's what I was doing doing during the second half of the the game. But no, I, uh, I just, I think it was... The fact, and I'm going to get into this here in a little bit because I think it's part of the reason why the Colts were unable to sustain where they were. They had one offensive touchdown on their way to a 33 nothing lead. No, oh, true. It, okay, yeah, sure. so defense pick six, pick, all that defense stuff. pick six, punt block for a touch to the hold, and then you go back. All the Vikings did in that comeback were scored five offensive touchdowns. Like there weren't any pick sixes, there weren't any special teams. Like that's incredible. One on the Vikings offensive side and two, it's incredibly deflating if you're the Colts offense and you're like, you can't sustain one drive to get down there and score and just kind of stem the tide here. I got, I got a few more thoughts on that that we'll get to here. Well, I want to go yeah. into a guy who's not mentioned often, who I think is a key player for this Vikings group. That's KJ Osborne. So he ends up 10 for a buck 57. I believe he had four explosives. They all came in the third or fourth quarter um, as they're kind of making their comeback. I went back and looked at where I had him coming out of the draft. He was coming mm-hmm. out of Miami buck. I gave him a six OD, which is kind of a developmental player. But one of the scouting nuggets on that is you, and you've brought this up numerous times and I've taken this from you. When you think about your your Green Bay days, they love guys that had returnability because there's something about the athleticism that's going to translate to yards after the catch. Um, and this is a guy who had some of that mm-hmm. return experience there in college. And I think I think he started at Buffalo, then transferred to Miami. He ran four four eight. He wasn't like super super dynamic or explosive. But those guys that are shifty, that translates into getting off the line. It translates into getting out of a break, and it translates to yards after the catch. He got loose. He got loose in the third quarter, and it was funny because it was it was it was interesting how the game was going. Uh, my guy Justin Jefferson wasn't getting the ball. Was kind of complaining. Was it was griping on the sideline, visibly, about it, vis- visibly upset. Ball wasn't coming his way. Then all of a sudden, KJ Osborne started getting loose in the middle of the third quarter. He starts going. Then I look up. Adam Thielen's like, "Hey, let me get a couple of these." <laughs> he did. And so I would give Kevin O'Connell credit for being able to navigate all of that. But you're right. This wide receiver core got busy, and then we haven't even talked about what Dalvin Cook was able to add. The sixty-four yarder, I mean, just, I mean, at the just end. crazy. You know, Buck, apart. it reminds me of Elf. You know, the movie Elf. Trying to get to this next point. Here. What's, your next, what's your next uh, point? Well, it's just like, would Jonathan Taylor have helped the Colts? Sure, sure, he would have. But like, they, Michael Pittman, ten catches for sixty yards. They've got not. They've got no explosive ability on that team. Well, um, I think they have some explosive ability on the outside. I don't think they have well, an explosive at the ability spot at the too. quarterback position. But that's, so how do we help them, right? So we're sitting here just looking at the top ten of the draft here, and they're sitting there at number six. They're actually in a really good spot, and this is going to change a little bit with the Monday night game tonight uh, and strength of schedule and all that stuff. But the Lion, the Colts sitting there at six. You got the Lions at five. 
might not be in the quarterback market now, as we've been talking about with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardinals aren't with Kyler Murray, you would think. Seahawks, you went, it took you about three hours to flip your thought. Yeah, I came back a little bit on that in the quarterback market. Today. <laughs> <laughs> that came back, it was like, ah, Gino's fine, Gino's way, fine. Did you guys enjoy the, the move the sticks edition of Thursday night uh, football? Oh, yeah, it was big it was time. Really um, but, but, and then you get the Bears at two. They're not taking a quarterback. You think the Texans at one are probably, probably in there. So I mean, like, you might get, you might have a shot at that second quarterback if you're the Colts, if you're sitting there at six. And it, in that case, you got to get it. But this is going to be, they've got their own first, their own second, and I think the third from the Wentz trade. This has got to be the best first, second, yeah. and third round picks of Chris Ballard's career. Because well, they have we'll so many needs. There. I mean, there you go. That's a, that's a point. They've been kicking people out of that building left and right here. Yeah. So we'll see who's there. Well, and But how do you rate, like, all right, let's say the second quarterback goes off before your pick. Is it left tackle for you with, with the Colts? Is it, I mean, because I it's don't think there's, desperate a, need. there's not a receiver up there probably worthy of that spot, at, le- at least at this point. They can no. certainly elevate. No, I think you look at the line of scrimmage yeah. at that point in time. Oh, okay. Skaronsky, if he's still there, um, although the Bears could use him. Uh, I mean, there's, the they, Bears are sitting at number two, yeah. hoping that somebody wants that pick for a quarterback. And there you go, and they get out of there. That's what that looks like. Yeah. Buck, let's uh, let's get over to the next game here. Uh, Dolphins Bills. Uh, this was a game. I feel like much like the Grinch. You know, the Bills they stole stole this game. <laughs> I mean, I had the, the best Dolphins. analogy. It was terrible. I think it was absolutely. It literally made no sense. You didn't get it. No, I didn't like, like you it. can be uh, optimistic, like, yeah, we're going to come back, but I'll just sit here and be realistic. The, you came with the uncle from Home Alone take yeah. in, in the A block. I, I didn't have that big. on my bingo card. I told you right it would be better if you referenced uh, Die Hard. Yeah, thank you. Movie. I, I would have bought that. Uh, the, tell you what, the, the Bills were not diehard, uh, oh, okay. uh, Buck. 32-29. My takeaway in this one was Josh Allen with the legs. I feel like that's the superpower that yep. whenever he needs it, he can just, boop, he can go. In the fourth quarter, he has one I want to say was a, that was where they went empty and it's just a quarterback draw and he just kind of outruns everybody down the sideline and uh, it's just a it it's unfair because you have to defend vertically because of how aggressive they are with their passing game with the wideouts they have with Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. Then you got to worry about Dawson Knox working in the middle of the field. It takes your eyes every which way. They got a little bit of the run game going in the backfield with Singletary in this game, but you can't stop that. There's, there's a six foot five, 245 pound guy who looks when you're watching this tape like he's running the four fives out there. It's just good luck. Although this was an acting job on that one right there. He flailed big time. on, wow. And they didn't mention on the broadcast. Look at this. The, the arm it goes was up. Definitely. It was a little dramatic. A little. Uh, nobody's Josh is too big to get hit like that. But anyways, what was your takeaway, Buck? Well, well, no, like the thing about the Josh, Josh Allen doing his deal is he continues to be the best one man show that we'll find in the National Football League. He can do anything and everything that you want to see at a position. He can throw it. He can run it. Uh, they utilize him as that single wing quarterback in those key moments. And he's an unstoppable force. And you talked about him taking over. And even though like when he takes over, the game doesn't look clean from the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. offense standpoint. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of chaotic. But he is good in a one-game scenario. It's hard to bet against Josh Allen being able to lead his team. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if Josh Allen and the Bills were down thirty-three nothing, like I think everybody stays tuned in because yeah. he's just he's gonna you know um, he's gonna find a way. Now for the for the Dolphins, though, I didn't th- feel like this game was all was all bad. I came away impressed with the Dolphins. Yeah. They found some physicality in the run game, which we had kind of been calling for the last week here on uh, Move the Sticks. And you know Raheem Mostert, and you don't see this every day when a running back generates more yards after contract uh, after contact than actual rushing yards, right? Which means he's actually getting hit in the backfield and finds a way to to generate positive yardage at 140. 
41 yards after contact and then 136 on the ground all day. So uh, I thought it was a real nice physical performance from Raheem Mostert. And I continue to be impressed. I mentioned this probably about six weeks ago. Connor Williams is playing really well as he's made this transition to center uh, after starting his career as a guard with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, And I I just think he's been a big piece of that offensive line and that physicality that they showed us against the Bills defense that has shown some vulnerabilities in the run game for a few weeks now. Buck, Buck, I want you to hit on this, but I I have a question for both of you guys. So if we have Buffalo, the one seed, KC, the two seed, Cincinnati, the three seed, if your offense can't get you 30 points, how are you going to advance in the AFC? It's going to be very, very hard. It's going to be hard for you because you have to be able to put up points. If you can't put up points, you, you have no chance because all of those units have explosive playmakes. They also have terrific quarterbacks. And the one thing that we're seeing, particularly in the AFC, uh, it's a league of have and have-nots. If you don't have a quarterback, it's going to be hard for you to compete and contend with the guys that we're seeing. Those three quarterbacks alone are masters of the ability to be able to win games, late in games, take games over and all those things. And so it just changes the way you got to build your team. And on that note, for the sake of competitiveness in the postseason, like kind of pulling for the Jaguars to get into the playoffs oh, because they fire, can at least man. score some points, gonna, right? Whereas the get, Titans, you know, it's like... We're going to oh, get to boy. that in just one second. Yeah. Anything on Miami? So, the, so I think Miami can take something away from... We always talk about it. Look, no such thing as losses, just lessons. And I think the lesson from this is that when they run the football, because I felt like they didn't run the ball the way they should it a lot last week against the Chargers. I felt like they got too cute. They made it the, the Tua versus Justin Herbert thing as opposed to, hey, let's do what gives our team the best chance to win. And I felt like they did it against the Buffalo Bills. Now, they didn't walk away with the win, but... The way they ran the football, the way Tua was able to throw the football, I think there are a lot of things that Mike McDaniel can look at his team and say, hey, if we play like this, we'll win a ton of games. And the reality is they need to win two out of their last three. They win two out of their last three. They get a ticket to the dance. That's what they need. All right, let's get to the third game here, your game. Cowboys-Jags, another incredible game, comeback game uh, for your Jags. Last play of the game, let's start there, or the pick six by Rayshon Jenkins. What what did you see? Were you, By the way, where were you? Were you on the sideline for this thing? Where okay, were you okay, so when we're looking at the screen on the far right, I am off to the side when the play starts. Okay. I'm in the middle of the field by the time the play ends. <laughs> I am on the field. I catch myself. I'm in the middle of the Jaguars logo with my hand up because I cannot believe what I saw. This was a team that couldn't get a stop. And so when you're looking at it, it's Rayshon's second interception. He had 18 tackles 18 in this game. 18 tackles. He is all over the field because they had to drop him in the box because they could not stop Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. So they drop him in the box to try and help out on that. And then in a critical moment, he comes up with a big-time play, takes it the house, and is the loudest that I've heard the stadium in a long time. And so for them to win against the Cowboys, not only kept their playoff hopes alive, but it kind of gave they're them a little confidence. They're in the driver's confidence. seat. Yeah, forget alive. They went out, they're in. Gave them a little yeah. confidence. Look confidence. Yeah, and, and, you know, for the Jags, um, I, Trayvon Walker was out in this game, right? He was questionable coming in, didn't mm-hmm. end up uh, being healthy enough to go. And so uh, Dewan Smoot, who was a third-round pick out of Illinois yeah. back in 2017, is a guy that saw his most snaps uh, of the season filling in for the injured Trayvon Walker as part of that edge rotation. He was all over the field. Like, he was in the backfield. He had three tackles for loss in this game, and one of them coming on a crucial point in that last offensive sequence of regulation for the Cowboys where the Jags needed to get stops, right? They had the timeout 
timeouts, needed to get the stops, needed to get the ball back for Trevor to drive down and find the Dan uh, the game tying field goal. And he comes free on a on the back backside effort play and gets Zeke from behind for a loss. Uh, he was just even when he wasn't making plays, felt like he was allowing other guys around him to find the football and make plays. So Dwan Smoot, I thought was really good uh, in this game. Mentioned obviously Rayshon Jenkins, and then just for the Cowboys, it just feels like the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, defensively, obviously, they've shown some some vulnerabilities here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly with secondary. Yeah, secondary's had man. some issues. What, what have you seen with that part of it? Well, I've seen double moves, ball yeah. ch- get chucked oh. over their head. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones yeah. making plays. Um, Hat trick today yeah. or yesterday? No, but I mean, I don't know, Buck. I mean, we can talk about all these different things, but you touched on it a little bit ago. Maybe it was you, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not – like, there's a reason why he was that guy as a freshman – yeah. That we were talking about going, well, it's just a matter of time before he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like He was that type of ability. And wh- I'm just curious, you're around it. Because on the outside, I'm looking at it going, okay, just structure and making him comfortable. Is that why we've seen all this just all come out? Well, and, and I'd love to ask you this too, because I, you know, just watching his demeanor, his body language, we talk about the confidence that Doug Peterson talked about the confidence that he's seen in, mm-hmm. in Trevor and allowing him to play. Like the way that he goes after the referees now a little bit, the ways that he goes after his teammates, he's more animated. Like it just feels more comfortable. Do you I think, see that? I think there are a couple of things that are at play. Um, he kind of opened up last week at the press and talked about, oh, I've heard everything. I've heard everyone talk about the B word and me being a bust and all that other stuff. And look, it's only added fuel. I haven't been able to say anything. At the end of the Tennessee game, there's a moment where they catch him talking trash. Someone was talking to yeah. him at the thing, and he just kind of gave a subtle little, hey, are, you see the scoreboard? Like, And so Trevor's kind of grown into his role. And the other thing that has happened is Doug Peterson has done a really good job of putting him in a situation where you talked about being comfortable. He's running his favorite plays. He understands the reads. And as a result, you're seeing a more decisive, more accurate, and probably a better playmaker that we've seen at any time throughout his career. And it all happened, Trevor will say, after the Denver game, the Denver game, they were up on the Broncos and they were going in, had a chance to kind of put a, a nail in them early. He throws a red zone pick. And at that moment, he felt like he let the team down. And from that moment, 14 touchdowns, only one interception. That interception happened uh, on Sunday against the Cowboys. He's been terrific. And you see it every week with Justin Herbert. But in my mind, he's a clone, a yeah. carbon copy of Justin Herbert, maybe with a little more pizzazz in terms of his play. But they're the same. And so when I look at them, I'm like, that's the prototype. That's yeah. what you're looking for in the position. Someone who's big, athletic, with big-time arm talent, who has a little moxie. I always like doing this occasionally. Go back and do a little story time. Can I pull up my Trevor Lawrence report and let's see like where this has gone? Uh, tall, long, athletic quarterback. Long delivery, still gets the ball out quickly. Ball jumps out of his hand. Clemson offense features a lot of quick screens and quick hitters. Excellent touch and placement on those. Can really drive the ball down the field when called upon. Also has the ability to layer the ball over linebackers and under safeties in the middle of the field. We've seen that a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, overall accuracy is excellent all three levels does need to improve pocket awareness doesn't always feel backside pressure uh, needs to speed up his clock a little bit uh, in his final game with the Tigers I was impressed with his decision making he's a dangerous runner because of build up speed and toughness here's the clincher here overall Lawrence ready to start right away has the tools to op- ultimately emerge as a top five player at his position okay one of the things that you touched on and here's why it's really important we do it on pads to the draft all the time we we talk about the assembly instructions like hey if you get this for uh, you cr- you Christmas story. Here's how you need to set it up. Here's how you need to utilize it. Doug Peterson has taken a part of what you put in your report. You talk about quicks, bubbles, RPOs. 
those are now baked into mm-hmm. the game plan. Every four or five passes is some kind of bubble screen, swing screen, things that Trevor Lawrence has done throughout his time at Clemson. He's very comfortable in that. It also allows him to, as when we were kids playing basketball, just put the ball off the magic square, hit a couple layups, and the jumpers come easy. He's doing that, and so you're seeing him get into a rhythm, and that is why we're beginning to see the completion rate go up. We also are seeing the big plays. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. It's fun to watch. You're really gonna, you're, fun. I, I feel fortunate getting to call the Charger games, knowing that Justin Herbert is. This is going to be a decade uh, plus changes, of watching that types of football. You get the same thing. It now changes your outlook because now you feel like you have a chance, and that is the part uh, we talk about franchise quarterbacks. Every grab, they give you hope. It, it, it kind of springs some optimism throughout the building. That's what you have in Jacksonville. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm all about challenges, and I know Red is too. When we come back, he's going to find a way to incorporate Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with the Giants-Commanders game. We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's the season for miracles and for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. NFL Network is celebrating with a rematch for the ages. The Las Vegas Raiders, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers live in primetime this Christmas Eve. The Holiday Classic, December 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Patriots Raiders, uh, let me give you guys a little backstory on that one, Buck. I don't know if you've heard this yet. So calling the game, I got Chargers, we've got Titans. It's coming down to the end. Titans score. It's pretty, in, you know, it's a, you're locked in. And then uh, our engineer who's right behind us, and Richard's a phenomenal engineer, he's got on his computer, he's got the Raider uh, Patriots mm, game up. Mm-hmm. So we're watching this thing. Money's dialed in. Money's laser-focused play-by-play guy, locked in. He's losing his mind behind us, and we can't figure out what's going on. And we're like, are we off the air? Like, what happened? Is this something? What's going on with this? Like, what's ha- is there like a bomb threat in the SoFi Stadium right now? And then uh, and money's just like kind of like, what are you doing? What's going on? And then finally, we get a little bit of a break, and he shows us. We see the play. And we're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that's 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 it. Worthy yeah. reaction to one of the craziest endings in NFL history. I, I, so I think the thing that is. That is stunning. What is he going to do what's, if he gets the ball? What's more egregious? I want to see Matt catch it because I want to be like, it's like he's catching a punt with no blockers. What, what are we supposed to do with this thing? You know, like you can throw it forward. <laughs> well, so. my, my, my thing is like Bill Belichick and the Patriots for, for the last 20 years, they've been one of the best teams at situational football. They win games because they do the things that other teams simply don't understand or are unwilling well, I don't to understand do that. in key moments. And so now to see, uh, the best way to describe it is a brain fart. To see a brain fart by this team in that scenario Not one, is, 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 is two. crazy. I mean, like, like, a, the game's a, a tied, two, guys. Two, two laterals. In a tie um, game. Uh, we just never see that. You just never see this team make these kind of errors. I I see when I, I, I was, uh, let's see, what was I did? This was one of the after. So I was like driving home. I was just getting home, trying to like not let the kids like, you know, t- tackle me for a loss uh, as soon as I walk in the door. <laughs> uh, and like I'm, I'm seeing like this play happening and they like it was like a game break on another game that I was watching. And so I'm like, well, did the, the Patriots just like pull off the Miami miracle thing? The yeah, Kenyon Drake offense, thing? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how crazy. And I'm like, well, what's this other thing that they're showing? Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. And then you see the game's tied and you're like, 
what was Ramondre Stevenson thinking? Then what was Jacoby Myers thinking? And all the while, I'm wondering, what in the world is Mac Jones thinking with yeah. this ball coming at him and Chandler Jones breathing down his neck? The other thing I was thinking of is when you watch the replay, and if you're listening to us right now, I know you've seen this play a million times, but if you look where Chandler Jones is, he's in the middle of the silver and black logo with the silver and black uniform. And it reminds me of, you'll see this in high school a lot, or really more so in college. You know, the, where you sneak the returner out there and you have him, if he's got, if you're in all blue and you have a blue end zone, you'll lay him down in in the blue. So nobody sees him and then you can throw it back to him and, and then off you go. Like literally Chandler Jones is disguising himself in the logo, but Mac Jones, I mean, I, a lot of times we'll say a guy took a charge. That wasn't even a charge. Like that was yes. just that was that was bad. It yeah. was bad all the way around. And of all teams, the most buttoned up. That's what I'm team, saying. The like most you just, buttoned you up don't, coach. You don't, you don't, with you the never, most boneheaded play. And look, let's. I, I'll give a. You know, I think you know some credit for both those guys, Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, for both standing up there and saying, "Look, that's on us." You know, clearly. And there's a lot of guys that wouldn't necessarily have done that and, and have taken accountability there, but. My goodness, like I can't imagine what that conversation is going to be like with Belichick. I, 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 I if they haven't seriously had it already. doubt. I seriously doubt that he addresses because I think everyone knows. Everybody knows. I know. think everyone just let knows. It be. I think I think he when it comes up in film, he's like, hey, situation like this, the score is tied. We don't need to very matter of factly. Of yeah, like <laughs> let's do, just go down. Do do your job as if you if you've been coached to do. Like that. That's all it was. They stepped outside of themselves and tried to do too much, and it backfired. And it might cost the Patriots a playoff bit. Like, that's yeah. the crazy thing. Like, that might be the play that keeps them out of the postseason. I just think of, and Buck, you've been in those rooms, so you know this better than we do. But, you know, coaches always love pulling plays from other games with the whole team. It's, it, we're a teachable moment here. Yeah. And it's usually, if there's something that they've done smart, it's a Patriot thing. We're going to show you. Look look at the Patriots, how they handled this situation. So usually guys. not. When we find yeah. ourselves in this spot, let's do it exactly uh, like the Patriots did. How many head coaches in the league are like, oh, I can't wait for this team meeting? Well, well, well that's the thing like the thing when you first see it you're like what team did that yeah the Patriots like what did the, the Raiders do wrong Patriots? here yeah. that's yeah, what they're yeah, thinking like, yeah, right no kidding what do you think of the Raiders in this game I mean everything's well, gonna I mean, come down to that last play but just overall what you think it's gonna Raiders? come down to the last play but how about this like the, the, the Raiders once again had a big lead and lose it and then Derek Carr had to lead them down the field to put them in a situation where the game is tied so that play that we just saw could actually impact them and give them the win. So I would give the Raiders credit for finishing the game is something that they've been working on. There you see the final 2 minutes, 5 for 6 for Derek Carr, 81 yards and a touchdown. So give them credit for being able to finish the game so they could put themselves in a position to cash in on the Patriots blunder. But Josh McDaniel still has to figure this out. How can this team run out to leads, but then allow teams to catch up? That is yeah. something that has to be the focal point of the rest of the season, but it has to be a major focal point in the offseason. I, I mean, I, I do just love watching those final throws from Derek Carr because they started that drive 0 for 3. First and 10, second and 10, third and 10, three straight incompletions. They go to fourth and 10, and he's got a rope to uh, to Mac Hollins on the sideline. Then they had two, two straight plays where they connect on essentially the same route, simply just like a little comeback route, get about 14 yards a pop on each one of those. And then you get the Waller connection. Uh, and then obviously the Keelan Cole touchdown grab at the end was just a thing of beauty. Say what you want about whether it was in or whether it was out. Great work by Keelan Cole wearing the black toed shoes. There you go. Yep. Right. I mean, it, it's the details, right? I'm sure that's why he did it. But I, I just, you know, I think that that is that kind of resilience from your quarterback. And by the way, I think that that Raiders offensive line has been much maligned this year for the way that they have protected um, Derek Carr. They gave him some really good 
protection on that last drive, allowed him to operate, drive some of those balls exactly where they needed to go. Well, Buck, you hit on it. The Raiders kind of blowing another lead. I don't want to let them off the hook here, you know, for, mm-hmm. for that issue. And if I told you before the season, after they had signed Chandler Jones, you know, Max Crosby, I think we would all agree is one of the five best edge rushers. He's elite. I mean, he's got 11 and a half sacks right now, but as a team, they're tied for 28th in sacks. He's got 11 and a half. Chandler Jones has four and a half. I think three of those came in the Chargers, those came, Charger yeah. game in one game. And then after that, it's one and a half from Bilal Nichols. Like, tied for 28th in sacks with the money they invested in Chandler Jones. Hats off to Chandler Jones. He's gonna, we're going to see this play in highlights forever. Oh but he has not lived up to where he was picked or where, what he was given in, in, uh, in free agency. And this, that's why they can't close out games. You build the lead. You put it on your pass rush. The pass rush doesn't come through. And it's another, no sacks in this game. No Zero. sacks. And it's another reminder. Like, be careful investing in older players. Yeah, especially at certain positions. Another, another older player that they put a bunch of money in thinking that Chandler Jones was going to team with Max Crosby. He hasn't delivered. Uh, yes, he gets to walk off winner but he certainly is underperformed based on what they expected from him darren waller did some nice things went Great back and watched, back. watched yeah. his targets he gives him that again middle of the field seam stretcher the seams, can, it yeah. just opens up another area the last of the field. drive yeah it's beautiful just opens up another area of the field um so anyways he was impressive let's get to the other game here uh the one that i was at titans chargers um again we talk about the pass rush being non-existent for the raiders the chargers without bosa haven't had much of a mm-hmm. pass rush either in this game they're able to find one and i think some of it is in large part due this Tennessee Titans, when you watch their tackles, oh, they might be the worst in the league. They're terrible, what they're playing with right now. Uh, Dennis Daly at left tackle is, has really struggled. Petit Freer is a young player out of Ohio State. He has struggled. But you saw Kyle Van Oy, uh, second game in a row. He has a sack. Uh, those are his first two sacks of the year. Chris Rumpf, I believe, his first NFL sack. You're looking at that one right here. Gaziano got home. I think you give Mack a lot of credit because he's constantly getting double teamed and drawing backs and tight ends help, and it's freeing up these other guys. Uh, but that was uh, that was big in this in this game. The defense played really really well. Yeah, defense played really well. And, and you know, here's the thing about the Chargers. We can talk about the defense. We can talk about all of those things. But I believe this team is the most dangerous team in the AFC because of the quarterback and the combination of talent that they've had. It's really the first time that we've seen the unit all the way back. And we're talking about the offense, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, those guys being back, Austin Eckler being there. Justin Herbert is the star, the guy who kind of makes it go. But when they get all their pieces back on defense, like if they get Bosa back, we talk about Derwin James returning to the lineup. Um, this is a team that is kind of scary going into postseason because we talked about it. The magic number is 30. These teams at the top, they can score they 30 They can get points. to 30. They can get to 30. And yep. if you have a couple pass rushes, meaning you have Joey Bosa and then Khalil Mack and some of the other guys that have emerged, might be just enough to get a handful of stops in a game that could look like an arena ball game. Keep an eye on the Chargers to see if they can handle some prosperity. Let's see if they can finish it up and get into the postseason. How would you characterize the Titans' pass game, Deej? Gross. Yeah. It's just like what? They don't what, have anything. I mean, the, everything, their pass game is to try and hold up as long as you can in pass protection. Let the let the defense expand and get they, the ball to your back or or the tight end. Uh, Oconquo, Jake's a, nice, a good player. He's a yeah. nice player. He's going to be a nice piece for them going forward. They have nothing on the outside. Reminds me of Johnny nothing. Smith a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I, and so Traylon Burks being hurt, you know, with the concussion. Like I think, Home Alone yeah, 2. Like it's very exactly like player. Home Alone yeah, 2. I got you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Escape from New York. Was that what it was? I don't know. Yeah. Um. So... They need help in a big way. And and I just don't think, you know, with as good as Derrick Henry in the run game can be and as physical as they want to be with that kind of mindset and Mike Vrabel's philosophy, like you just, you can't do that without some sort of threat 
down the field on the perimeter. And that's what I feel like this team's lacking. And they got to find that. They got to find that early in the draft. Well, the one thing that they do, and I'll give Mike Vrabel a lot of credit because again, they, they were missing six or seven starters on defense in this game. Yeah. Key players. Um, offensively, I mentioned the issues they have up front. They're not good at all. They don't have wideouts. But I give Vrabel credit because this team is going to drag you into the mud. And it's going to be ugly. And that's what this game was. And they had a chance. They tie the game. They've got a chance to get that game into overtime. I didn't. It shouldn't really have been that close. But they have. There's certain organizations. I put Baltimore in that class. I put Tennessee in that class. Where the names change. The players change. The coaches mm-hmm. change. The general managers change. They're just physical, like rugged teams. And Jeffrey Simmons is as good as it, as it gets on the interior there. But they, they had a chance to win this game, and I don't think they're very good, if that makes any sense whatsoever. No, they're, they're not good, but they make you play their style. We talked about it in basketball. It's easy to make a team play half court as opposed to speed them up. And the Titans make you play their way. They want to beat you up. They want to take you into the phone booth. They're going to run Derrick Henry into the ground, and they're going to try and get the game into the fourth quarter and see if they can steal it at the end. The thing about them is when I look at this team, I just feel like they're a poorly constructed team. I don't know who their blue chip players are outside of like Derrick Henry and some, you know, you talk about Jeffrey Simmons and some of the defenders. I just don't know if they're built to last well, there's in some, the AFC. There's some high value draft picks that they've expended in the back end that you're just not seeing a lot from. Christian Fulton was a second round pick. He didn't play in that game. Caleb Farley hasn't played. Yeah, he didn't first play in round that pick. game. I mean, like that's some big time swings. They're missing Harold Landry in that game too, though. I mean, Definitely. so we talk about guys Amani not hitting. Hooker was out. I mean, they had tons of guys out. They had yeah. guys go down in the middle of the game as well. And they still, I mean, the Chargers, we talk about they're a 30 point operation when they have all their guys that that should be a 30 point team they, they kept them to, yeah. they had them they had them 14 points to the very end so again it comes back to what are they doing on offense and how are that's they fixing the that moving forward yeah that's the problem so we'll see you um, in april yeah exactly um all right we have uh, uh, several more games this is a wild weekend we're going to get to right after the break including Bengals, bucks lions jets which uh, could go a long way in deciding both the nfc and the afc in the playoff race we'll get to those games right after this you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Man, I feel like in a, in a normal week, this would probably be in the big three. Maybe one of the games we're talking about right at the top. Bengals, Bucks, uh, a game that the Buccaneers had firm control of and somehow end up looking like they got blown out. <laughs> this thing's over. What a meltdown by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I don't know what I want to keep saying about the Bucs anymore. Like, they're they're just, not good. They're, I, they're not a good football team. Now, they played well in the first half. And look, when their defense shows up, they're in football games, and that's been the those have been the games that they've won. And in this, this was a tale of two games, right? A tale of two halves. And so their defense played really well in the first half, and then you come out in the second half, and like you allow the the Bucks or the Bengals to run nineteen plays in the red zone in the second half alone. Like so that's crazy. not winning football. Um, and then Joe Burrow goes off in the second half, and the, the Bucks just aren't that same team. And, and, and it had to hurt. And I look, I know with the money that they expended to, to run it back after the championship year on guys like Shaq Barrett and uh, and company, like you just didn't have the money to spend on like 
you know, an interior offensive lineman like Alex Kappa, who, by the way, was the best offensive lineman on the field in the second half. So it had to hurt in that game, seeing that that with the way that their offense of line has struggled with injuries all year. I just, I don't know what to keep saying about the Bucs. It just, they're not good enough. Still, Still winning the division. Division's so bad. I don't know, man. The, Sam Darnold everybody's the five and eight. Everybody's five and eight behind him and in the race. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Buck, what was your takeaway on this one? Well, my takeaway is I believe the Cincinnati Bengals are going to emerge as the best team in the AFC when it's all said When you look at this team, you look at how they bat- battle back from an 0-2 start. They went to the Super Bowl a year ago. They kind of have their formula. And their formula is the offense doing what they do. But defensively, they have been able to produce takeaways this is a team that does a great job of figuring out how to play they do it a bunch of different ways Lou and a remote does a great job of changing the picture for the quarterback and making very very difficult while keeping it simple for his players this team reeled off 34 straight points like they were down and like kind of left for dead and they figured it out made a couple plays I want to say they had four straight series that ended in a takeaway for them and it gave them an opportunity and when that offense gets hot it just makes it very, very difficult to stay up with them in a shootout. I just love what the Bengals have been able to do, and they're just only going to continue to get better as they get their pieces back on offense. Well, I'm going to have Rhett workshop this with me here real quick. Let's, let's do it. Um, all right, so Todd Bowles, we want to have a team meeting. Yep. We want to try and get our point across here. Okay. So let's say, just pulling this out of the sky here, we show him an alternate universe where we make different decisions so we don't turn the ball over four times, four times. And we see we actually end up winning the game. So it's kind of like a look at what your life might have been. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a it's a wonderful life oh. twist to it there. If we keep the theme going, let's, can we can we put this together? I think we can workshop yeah. this a little bit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I've told every time the Bucks turn it over an angel gets his wings. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> well, this was an angelic second half then for Tampa. <laughs> my God. I mean... I, how, you you had to like if you're a Bucks fan sitting in the stadium there you're like come on you can't not again just punt the ball <laughs> just maintain possession and punt the football that's all you got to do and the ball just finds the Bucks, of course the Bengals yeah you know when things go wrong they go wrong when they go wrong but it, look the luck finds a way to reward the team that hustles and plays so when preparation meets hard. opportunity yeah, I mean they, they they find a way to get it done nice. Tom Brady turned the ball over like this that is what is surprising now. Um, I know we talked about Father Time catching up, and he's just turned it over more than we're accustomed to seeing. Am I, I crazy? Like am I crazy it. for reading into him signing the autograph for Drake Greenlaw? Like to me, like that's Tom Brady would never do that. He's like, hey, we're gonna be teammates in a year. Well, no, but no, <laughs> there's no way. Like he's 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 like Ryan Fitzpatrick has told the story about Tom not shaking his hand after oh, losing yeah. to him. Oh, remember when Robert so, Griffin went up and asked yeah, for advice? So, he was like, talk to me he, when you're done, yeah, or when I'm done, yeah, or something. He's, yeah, he's like pissed off and now all of a sudden like he's literally autographing an interception ball like when i saw that i was like man is he is tom losing a little bit of the the little edge might have no nah, he's trying to be a better sport i think is what he said he's not a good sport now, a why start he now? also admitted that yeah, yeah it's a very tumultuous year it's a lot of stuff going uh, on i think he lost like, i think he lost a little lost bit of that mojo. juice lost a little bit of the juice i don't know that's my thought on that one lions jets uh a lot of takeaways again from this one the lions their offense had done nothing the entire game. They got a punt return touchdown. Couldn't muster a thing. No. And then they end up getting a gift mm-hmm. on fourth and inches. They have a great play call. Get No question. Ben Johnson dials it up. Tight end. They sneak him across. Damn. And nobody there. And that's a, that's a home run. And they end up winning the football game. But there's a million different takeaways we can get to here, Rhett. And, and here's the first one. And it 
it, the first sequence of the game is the epitome of what the Lions are. They march down, 14-play, 73-yard drive on their opening possession. They go down. They get stuffed on fourth and goal from the one. Dan Campbell goes for it. We're going for the touchdown absolutely every time. That's his mentality. They do it. They fail. Okay, so then they got the Jets backed up. Defense comes out. Three straight stops. Bang, bam, bang, bang. Force a punt from deep in your own end. Special teams return touchdown. That is offense, defense, special teams, picking up for one another, complimenting one another. And that just feels like Lions football. And then like, think about the mental focus that goes in for your offense and for your defense as you're watching each and every subsequent possession offensively end in either punt, miss field goal, you know, and bang, bang, seven straight possessions without a touchdown before the final kind of gadget play touchdown at the end that gives them the lead. I mean, that is incredible mental focus to stay locked into that game, uh, especially by that defense to keep giving the offense opportunities. It's just, that's what the Lions are. Yeah, that's what the Lions are. And I think the Lions certainly benefit from the fact that Jerry Goff has been at this stage before, meaning he's been part of a team that had a dramatic turnaround that ended up being a Super Bowl team. I think that experience certainly serves them well uh, because when you watch them and you watch their locker room interactions, Jerry Goff is the one that is kind of like the calming and steadying influence on this team. Talking about doing the little things, talking about staying consistent with the routine as it relates to their preparation. And so, you know, a lot of the conversation has been about Jerry Goff being a bridge quarterback and they got to find their next guy. And that it's still true that they do have to find their next guy, but I don't think it's imminent. I don't believe it has to be a focal point of the draft. If they fall into their quarterback, great. But I think Jerry Goff has shown that he's good enough to lead this team beyond just being a guy that just kind of holds the clipboard mm. for the next guy. All right. Can I give you a take that I guarantee has not been mentioned anywhere today Ooh, about the you may. Jets? And Is it a offense. Christmas movie thing? No, no. Oh, I'm, okay. I think I'm running out of, I'm running out of movies <laughs> yeah, on that one. I'm, I'm exhausted. We have something for a Christmas story. We'll save that for later. Um, the Jets, the talking points, right? Here are the talking points. Everybody's going to hammer Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson doesn't mm-hmm. make the easy throws. Zach Wilson, you know, makes some of the special plays, the wild plays, but he can't make the simple. I see all that. I can agree with that. I get it. Here's what nobody's talking about in Zach Wilson's last two starts that everybody's just crushing him on against the Patriots and here against the Lions. Number number one, they cannot run the football. Period. Exclamation point. They really 50, couldn't this week. 50 yards in this game against the Patriots. I think they might have had 56, but I, I want to say Zach was their leading rusher in that game. No, oh, his so last start. Yeah. You, you give him no run game support for a young player that obviously is still figuring it out, still trying to grow, still trying to develop. So that first and foremost, no run game. Second of all, my goodness, how many first and 10 runs can we see get you nothing and back him up and put a quarterback who's a little bit shaken confidence-wise in obvious passing situations? Second and 10's the worst. It's the worst. And then he got hit 10 times in this ballgame. There's a reason why that you, didn't, you couldn't start Mike White because Mike White got the stuffing kicked out of him playing yeah. behind this offensive line that's just been decimated by injuries. They're not good up front. They can't run the ball. They can't pass protect. And now you're saying, okay... He's missing this simple throw. Yeah, well, go get hit constantly in everybody a football changes. game. Everybody and then put changes. me in second and 10 when everybody in the stadium knows we're going to throw the football. And see, it's just, I don't know. I think there's some other things going on there. I think it's very easy. The low-hanging fruit, as our buddy Mike Mayock used to say, um, to kind of just go and hammer Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, if they manage the clock correctly, which is another whole mm-hmm. issue, they completely mm-hmm. bungled it. They end the game with the timeout left. 
How does that, how does that happen? Well, cause you want to make sure they Blue, pocket. Th- and they, you have a 58 yard field goal. If you had preserved at least 20 seconds, which they could have done if they call a timeout after a sack and a two minute drill, which is like the most obvious time to call one. Make sure you got the right play, your best personnel. When you the- get sacked in a two minute drill, the clock is running. You're everybody's down the field yeah, because you have to throw the ball. Like, it's a timeout. massive time waste, especially when you have three of them. You what are you doing? In, you keep the, I, that was a, for that so, point. So my question is, he makes the incredible throw, and people say, "Oh, it's a it's a hail, it's a lucky, it's hail mary, whatever." It was an incredible throw to give them a shot at a fifty-eight yard field goal. He makes that throw. My, mind you, he had converted a third and fourteen or something earlier in that drive after taking a sack. Now you've got twenty seconds. We get ten more yards. He makes a forty-eight yard field goal. We're talking about okay, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Coaster. Yeah. But, man, when you needed the drive, much like the Pittsburgh game earlier in the year, he was able to make some plays and get you down the field. I just feel like and, – and I think he feels it too. I think he feels that pressure that, man, does everybody kind of want me to fail here? Like, it just mm. almost feels like that a little bit. And you can see that pressure. On short throws, Buck, he pulls the string constantly. What and is that's lot, when you are feeling it. You are feeling it. Well, there's a lot of that because it wasn't – it's not only the, like, the coaching staff. It's all the players all of a sudden wearing Mike White shirts. and all yeah. Which, by the way, like, I'm – yeah, I'm, and that's just my 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 personal thing on that. You have to shut that down, man. Like if your Absolutely. hope if your hope is that he's ever going to be that guy, like guys, come on, man. I know you guys are all boys, and Mike is going to be our starter. We're going to roll with him. But you, as much as you're doing this for Mike White, yeah, it's going to be viewed as crushing Zach Wilson. You crush it. And so and so, how do you develop the be? How does he get the belief? If he's the long term solution, if he is staying there, and you're saying, oh, we're not going to move him. How do you build him back up amongst his teammates? Like you, you lose all of that stuff. It's weird because so. it felt like there were good vibes like this off season. Like yeah, he had the guys together. Around, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no. It's uh, <laughs> it's been a little bit of a free fall here for the Jets. They have a Thursday nighter. Your Jags. That's going to be Tough. a big game for both teams as they're trying to get, sneak their way get into the postseason. A big one on Thursday night. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. A crucial NFC East matchup: Giants Commanders. And again, I gave Rhett the option here. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Tie it into this ball game. We'll see what he's got. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet, 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium, and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. Great, great that read. A through F. I mean, it was about time you got that into the B range. Wow. Yeah. Harsh grading. About time. They usually say that the worst students are the easier graders. But apparently, <laughs> that's not, I guess that's not the case here. No. Anyway, sorry. Uh, here's your homework. You ready? I'm yeah. ready. Giants, commanders. Giants win. Terrible, terrible calls at the end of this ball game. We'll get to that in a second. I, yeah, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, so 20 to 12. Giants yeah. hold on. They they get a goal line stand. A little assist. A little uh, assist. How about uh, let's uh, let's get it. Rudolph Kate. the Red-Nosed Reindeer, tie it into this game. You Go. Ready? All right. Kayvon Thibodeau with your burst so bright. Got the Cowboys into the playoffs tonight. That's good. Come That's on. Because they win and the Cowboys clinch a playoff berth. Come on. Let's mm. go. Where's... I mean, I mean. Okay. Well, he had the, he had the strip sack. He did. Touchdown. He did. Ends up being the, one of the differences in the game. 
Nobody? Anybody got anything better? Or are you just going to tear uh, me down? No, no. I don't have any rhythmic I gave you, things. I gave you kudos on that. You sang it semi-on pitch, too. Yeah, nice. I don't, I don't have any rhythmic things. The only thing I, I mean, say... Th- there was nobody for the Giants that did anything like offensively that was worthy of well, like who, a red nose. Who, who possibly could? They're not a very... They're not a very talented squad they are they're eight five they won eight games they they play hard they have great effort and brian dayball has found a a way he's a great he's been a really really good football themselves and so they find a way to do it but the the fact that they are in a playoff position i mean they're well ahead of the curve when it comes to their record no doubt and i think the thing that they have to caution against is allowing the success of this season to impact the way they continue to build out the team you can't fall in love with some of the players that might have played well this year while knowing that everything kind of fell in line. You still got to build the team to the ideal. And so they still need to upgrade the talent, but it's a great story. A five and one or wherever they're sitting at. Yeah. They have an opportunity to go to the playoffs and get some more experience, but that shouldn't stop the team building effort for making this team an ideal championship caliber squad. I think a lot of times with rookies, even when they're high picks, right? Top five picks, top 10 picks, everybody expects these guys to walk into the NFL and be monsters. And when you're a, on the personnel side of things and you're looking at guys that you've picked and you're watching how they perform, you don't look at that year one. Year one, you want moments, okay? It's going to be hard to string together the consistent dominance that you eventually expect from these guys. But you don't want to finish the year and be like, man, we had this guy gave us no moments. There was no glimpses of what we saw that got us so excited about him. Last night was a huge moment. For Kayvon Thibodeau. Yes. And you can look, the, the sack numbers haven't been there. Prime time. You know, like but just... to, to do it in this game, to yeah. have your best game and a dominant game, dominant performance, this is what gets you excited yeah. because he's playing, and I've got grief from some Giants fans. Like, in your report, you question his effort. How could you question his effort? Look how he's playing now. I go, two things are possible. You can have taken some plays off in college. Yes. And then... Yep. Not take plays off in Rectified the NFL. that, yeah. It's happened. Yeah. He's playing extremely hard. Yeah. Snap to snap, snap to whistle every single play. And this is going to be who he is full time. It, it, it's all there. He's got all the ability in the world. Mm-hmm. And last night was a glimpse of, of what this is going to look so like. So many in the people got a chance to see it. Yes. I felt like, and, and that was big. And he and Aziz Ojolari, like that's going to be a fun little duo too. But, but, Aziz you know what I'm talking about, right? Like people expect the rookie's going to come out there and, and week one, you're just going to take it over and go. Like, nah, it's about it putting some moments together and eventually you get to that. They're putting moments together. But it's also when we talk about like the college film and Kayvon not playing hard and those things, it's either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And maybe it was allowed to happen in his previous spot at Oregon, whereas when you get to the Giants, they're like, oh, no, no, no. We run to the ball. We do these things. He's coached. He's taught. And he's responded. And yeah. sometimes that happens. And Kayvon certainly has the talent because we saw the flashes of talent at Oregon where he could take over the game and make sacks and do these things. And yeah. we got a chance on a prime t- in a primetime game to see the flashes come to light. Uh, he's a talented player. And you know what? Sometimes the uh, the immediate flashes aren't sustained. Remember Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota's first game against Jameis Winston? Oh, they yeah. won like 42 to 7. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that was yeah. a bad example considering where both are now. But uh, okay. Uh, this was really, you go down to the, the final sequence offensively for Washington, right? Um, so we go down inside the red zone, first and 10. Really good coverage uh, by the Giants. Terrible decision by Heineke. Could have ended right there with an interception in the end zone. Uh, they live to play another day. Second and 10. He runs it, right? Terrific run. Good decision to go down and just get some yards. He gets nine all the way down to the one-yard line. They nearly score. It's third and goal from the one. Third and goal from the one. And every wide receiver that is supposed to be on the ball knows mm-hmm. the Cardinal rule. You check with the official to see whether you are on the ball. Watch Terry McLaurin. He does it not once, yeah, but twice. Yeah. He, and he scoots up, 
A he says, we bit. good? But we look good? how far he is from the line. Check look it at again. the red line. Look at the red line. No, 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 no. That, that, hold on. He, you're, you're taught, what, a half a yard off the ball if you're on the ball, right? You see, so Because the lean, your lean is going to put you on. He asked the official, am I on? He said, come up a little bit. As Terry was saying, he came up a little bit. And then he asked again. McLaurin says the official said he was good. And then throws the flag. Like that's diabolical for the official. So, so, so there's I, two sides to every story. There, there's two sides. So here, here's what I would say. Like beyond, he gets, called, he gets beyond, called for legal formation. He's supposed to be on the ball. He, they didn't have seven men on the ball. That's why it's a flag. They start go third and six. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I know you played at Indiana. I played in North Carolina, and maybe maybe they're not as detailed at Indiana. But when they told me when I ran out at wide receiver, you look to the referee. The referee has two arms, and if you're on the ball and say we're going this way, yeah, on the ball. Off the, off the ball. Yeah. yeah. So you look at the referee. If, Give me oh, one he, together. He, yeah. He's on the ball. Yeah. Oh, he's off the ball. I need to move up. So he got the, he got the verbal. Maybe, maybe in the Big Ten, y'all, you guys use verbal communication. We're, we're nonverbal in the ACC. Wait, he's, we look, the official's what? not doing anything. He's not, he's not right or left. He's not giving him anything. Is he giving him a thumbs up? He's hey. giving him the move up a little bit. He move does. Up. He yeah. checks. Well, You're good. And he's already got his hand on the flag ready to roll. That's ridiculous. He didn't move. Can you read my? Uh, I've been working on this. I haven't even listened to one oh, thing okay. you said. Can yeah, you just can sing it in the same tone? I'm just, I All think right. this is better worded here. <laughs> All so we just make it about of the this. other NFC teams oh used to laugh and call them names. Maybe you never have John let the Giants join John in any playoff that. games. Hmm. I think it's better. I don't think you gave me much effort on that, but I think it's better worded. Yeah. I mean, like you've obviously been working on it here for a good five minutes, yeah. actually. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but they might. They might have to this year. Yeah, they might have Giants, to let the Giants to, play into playoff in. games. Uh, this has been fun, guys, getting together, uh, being in person here. What? Uh, any final thoughts here you've got? That By was the a way, great take you had on the Giants game. <laughs> yeah, great, really great take. I tried to add, add, add a lot didn't, there. We, you, didn't even, you didn't even like oh, yeah, no, Voice of Reason nothing. versus Terry yeah. McLaurin. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, yeah, yeah, That's whatever. a terrible call. Yeah, thank you. Okay. That's a terrible call. He's yeah. way off the ball. Does, you can't call he's that a half there. Yard, you can't call that there. Yeah. Way off the ball, it's especially even, even. I know, but he checks. He checks. It's, anyway. checks it's irrelevant to the play. He's so far off the ball. Terry's one of the smartest Stop. dudes out there. He is. Yeah. He's like, so far off the ball. He, he can't see the red line. You can't, you the can't red see line it. is where it's like way you off there. Like, see, like it's so far off the he ball. He had a lean. <laughs> he's so far off the ball. All right. Oh my like, gosh. No way. But Mr. Mr. I got you, Terry. Yeah, Bucky. Every turn he makes, by the way, just a perfect turn. Never crosses over the dotted line. Following the rules. All right. That's gonna do it for us today. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be back here uh, with more Move the Sticks content. In the meantime, check us out on NFL.com, NFL Channel, or the NFL Reminding app. you to always be optimistic, not necessarily <laughs> realistic. For your worst movie takes in sports television and podcasting. Red Lewis, everybody. See you next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.